thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. Before AI can help your business predict demand, accelerate growth, inform decisions, automate tasks, reveal insights, generate content, you have to trust it. Introducing WatsonX Governance. Helping you govern any AI as data, models, and policies change so you can scale it responsibly. Let's create AI that begins with trust with WatsonX Governance. Learn more at ibm.com governance. IBM. Let's create. What kind of programs does this school have? How are the test scores? How many kids do a classroom? Homes.com knows these are all things you ask when you're home shopping as a parent. That's why each listing on Homes.com includes extensive reports on local schools, including photos, parent reviews, test scores, student-teacher ratio, school rankings, and more. The information is from multiple trusted sources and curated by Homes.com's dedicated in-house research team. It's also you can make the right decision for your family. Homes.com. We've done your homework. Because I have my beautiful, talented, smart, capable, brilliant sister-in-law joining me, Betsy Hobby. <laughs> Thank how's, you. How's it going, sis? You're in your closet right now. Yes. I'm hoping to have some peace and quiet for this. So I've locked the doors and no one knows I'm in here. Are you hiding <laughs> from the kids? Yeah, they're out there somewhere. So... That's something I want to start with because you do it all. You run an amazing company, a glass business called Sterling Glass, where y'all like install glass on all types of automobiles, planes, trains, automobiles all across the country. You run it as a female, which is amazing, with your husband, Landon, but like it's your business that you started, which is so incredible. You have five children. Aging, ages from what to what? One to Zeta will be, well, she's 14, so. So from one to 14. You come from a family of 13 kids, which is amazing. I mean, how do you do it all? That is something, every time I talk to you on the phone, I'm always like, how do you do all of this? Um. You know, when I stop and think about it, I wonder that myself. It's like, you know, how it, how can I even possibly fit all this in a day? But I really think that everyone has a full plate, that everyone, you know, everybody has the same amount of hours in a day and you fill them up. So my hours are just filled differently and very strategically so that, you know, I can fit everything in. I don't 
necessarily think that, you know, I'm the busiest person in the world. I think that, you know, my time is just filled like anyone else's with the things that, you know, I guess that are I'm at right now. Just sorry, you cut get up. Get important. it done. Yeah, yeah. That's I don't think do. about it a lot. On top of it, you work at. Oh my gosh! And here comes Michael on a four wheeler. I need to tell him to be quiet. That this is called Get Real podcast. So it's, I think it's I think, yeah. I think they're going on a ride. Yeah, we um. Y'all don't know people listening, but we are actually in Michael's hometown right now of Newberry, South Carolina. Oh my gosh. Hold on. I am going to, hopefully they're not just going to be zooming all over the place on the four wheeler. Um, because we came down here just to, ended up just getting to enjoy some quarantine time and spend some time with family. Let Sunny get to know her cousins more. And it's been so fun, but we're podcasting. It's been a great trip. Yeah, it's been a great trip. It was such a great trip. Like uh, McKenna is showing Sunny the way on how to like get in the swimming pool, eat real food, you know, do big kid stuff. McKenna's the one year old. Yeah, and she is probably going to be getting her in trouble soon, <laughs> <laughs> leading her down the wrong paths. But something that I even admire about you is like when you have this very full day, you'll wake up and go like work out at five in the morning or three in the morning or something on top of it. like some, at one point you told me you woke up like three in the morning just to start your day. Or something. Yeah. Um, to me, health has always been important. Um, I'm type one diabetic, as you know, and I wear insulin pump and you know, it, it could be, I don't know, a crutch or an excuse or whatever, but I kind of use the fact that I am diabetic as, to me, sometimes I see it as an advantage because I'm almost forced to be more health conscious. And, you know, for me to be able to manage five children, to, to run them around and to be there for them and to run the business and to do all the things that I do in a day, I have to stay active and stay fit. And, you know, mental health is really important for me and that is my time you know that's when I'm I typically work out by myself I do enjoy group workouts but you know when I kind of get in the zone whether I'm running or um, you know lifting weights or I enjoy CrossFit or doing anything like that it's just that's kind of me time so it kind of prepares I don't know prepares and sets the tone for the day I would say and um, I like you, you don't, you can't get up at no matter what time you wake up in the morning. If you wake up early and you work out, like you pretty much feel like a badass. Like you own the day. You've, you know, you just, you set this, um, the tone for the know, day. you set the tone for the day that you're in control. And you know, like if you oversleep and you're just behind and you're, you didn't have time to shower or, or get dressed up. Um, another thing that I like to do in the mornings is, and even during this quarantine, is I, um, I can't just lay around the house and wear pajamas all day. Like I, one day last week, I got dressed and had heels on and looked like I was going into the office. And I'm at home, and Landon's like, "Where are you going?" I'm like, "I, I just I need to dress up for a second, just you know, to make myself feel prepared 
So I think working out um, for me is more of, I don't know, just keeps me in check, keeps my mental health, keeps my physical health. It's important for me. And it's, it's not easy. It's not like I, you know, the clock goes off and I don't jump out of bed happy to run to the gym. And, you know, I struggle with it. And it's something that, you know, I have to decide the night before if I'm going to do it, set my clothes out, you know, and I actually think about the reasons why I'm going to do it so that when I wake up in the morning, my reasons are stronger than my excuses. And wow. the, biggest, the biggest thing that I think of when I wake up and it's like, you know, I could just snooze and go back to sleep and, you know, do this tomorrow or whatever. But I always think I will not go work out and feel bad about it. But if I don't go, I'm going to feel bad the rest of the day. Like whenever I eventually do get up, I'm going to be like, oh man, I, you know, I should have went. So it's important for me. And um, it's been really tough during this quarantine because of just the completely different structure or lack of structure, I should say. But, um, you know, I've been getting my runs in here and there and taking the baby for a jog and just doing the things that I can. So I, I do enjoy that. So you mentioned living with type one diabetes. When did you find out that you had it? And how, how have you navigated that? Because you already have so much on your plate and that's a lot. Like that's a, you have to really think about it all the time. So how have you navigated that? And what have been your different, um, emotions and feelings and phases and just, uh, your outlook on it? Well, I was diagnosed when I was 17 and 17 is a very, I would say trying time for anybody anyway. Um, but for me, it was a, a different point of my life because I was homeschooled and I had a lot of siblings and kind of grew up very sheltered, I would say. And the year that I found out was actually my first year ever in public school. And it was a really tough year. It was exciting and fun. And, you know, I wanted to go to public school. It was something that I had asked my parents for, um, really really wanted to play sports and get into, you know, sports that, that I was interested in. Um, and I remember being diagnosed in at the time and being that age, you know, I think at first I just thought this is just, this isn't fair. Like I have 12 siblings. I'm the only one that gets diagnosed with this. Um, and I think I would, I would go through different feelings because I had been sick for months and months not knowing what was wrong. You know, I had a lot of different symptoms, but it never added up. And once I found out there was a sense of relief that at least I know what's wrong and we can fix it. But I do remember being so overwhelmed by the thought of the rest of my life. And, you know, you get so wrapped up in like, I can't like, to me, I see like there's certain points in your life where it's like a, a changing point, a defining moment in your life. You know, if you get engaged, the day you get married, the day you find out you're pregnant, the day that you find out you had, or the day you have a miscarriage, you know, different days, you know, that from that point forward, things are not the same. And the thought of, you know, I have to live with this 
every day for the rest of my life at the age of 17 is so overwhelming that there was times that I just kind of gave up. And I think that the seriousness of it and the thought of, you know, death or not making it really didn't click. It was just, I'm not doing this, you know, and, um, my parents were there for me and I can remember them taking me to this one doctor who actually happened to be a diabetic. And she said, she explained it to me in a way that I feel like I've looked at a lot of things in my life. And she said, you know, you do have to do this for the rest of your life. But what if you've never brushed your teeth before and suddenly somebody came to you with toothpaste and a toothbrush and was like, you're going to have to, you know, clean those things in your mouth twice a day for the rest of your life. Like how overwhelming would that be if it wasn't part of your routine? And she said, this is going to become part of you, part of your routine, just like everything else. And once I really kind of grasped that, it was like, you know what? It's not, it is very serious. It is life threatening, but I can control this. You know, I can manage this and handle this. And I stopped getting so overwhelmed with the rest of my life and just tried to think about, you know, today I'm going to check my blood sugar and, um, you know, take my shots and do all the things that, that I need to do today. And I'm not going to think about the rest of my life because, you know, I got to take a shower every day, the rest of my life or most days, (laughs) (laughs) you know, all the, all the stuff that you do. I mean, it is overwhelming and it is something else I do that, you know, a lot of people don't, but I do feel like in a way it has, you know, it shaped me to be who I am, but it's also, you know, I feel like I'm very healthy because I'm diabetic, which is, you know, it's kind of weird to say that. Um, but I think if I wasn't, I wouldn't pay such close attention to, you know, to, to all aspects of my health. So, um, you know, it's weird to say I'm thankful that I am, but I am very thankful for my outlook on it. And I don't, I don't ever, you know, it, it, there are days it's tough where I, you know, and people that are diabetic understand, like if you have high blood sugar and then it, or it bottoms out and then you got to eat sugar and then it goes high and it's just hard to kind of get it back under control. Um, you know, there's days that I struggle. There's days that I eat things I shouldn't and I pay the price and remind myself why I don't. But, um, overall, I mean, I do feel like it's helped me to become the person that I am. Well, and you are so, I made you take the Enneagram test today because I was like, have you ever taken the Enneagram test today? Because you are just such a badass in every sense of the word. I was like, you are definitely either a three, which is an achiever or one, which is a perfectionist because you just get it done. You are like an energizer bunny because we were swinging with the kids on the swing and you were like, oh, here, let me help you with Sunny. And I was like, uh, not you're the one that needs the break not me I have one kid you have five and you're running a huge business and you're like oh no I love it I love my day to be like super full and like every ounce of it squeezed squeezing the juice out of every ounce of the day and I just think that that is I mean 
you're just so inspiring to me in that way because I can sit in pajamas all day, actually. I can actually <laughs> stay in pajamas all day and totally be okay with it, which sometimes I'm like, you know, but I just like, you just get it done. And so that is, that's one of, it's just amazing to be around you because I see all these things that you do. So you started a company when, how old were you when you started your glass business? Because you've been um, in for how long? Going on 12, well, I, I actually started Sterling Glass in 2009, so July of 2009, so we're sneaking up on 11 years this July. Um, I've been in the industry, in the glass is industry, for about 15 years, so. So talk to me about your process of how you landed upon this company and, like, starting this company and what it takes to run a company like this. Okay, so... Um, so right out of high school, okay, so I mentioned I was homeschooled and very sheltered and right out of high school, you know, there was a lot of excitement of going to college and, um, for me, it was more about partying, meeting people, having a good time. Um, and I think, you know, obviously that's, I don't know, I guess what they call the preacher's daughters, the wildest one, but <laughs> You know, just being sheltered a little bit, you know, I just wanted to let your hair down. Yeah, let my hair down and go experience things. And um, I did not have a bad childhood by any means. And I would not trade the way that I was raised for anything because I, I feel like all of that played into helping me achieve the things that I want to achieve and learn. You know, I, I feel like I'm very blessed for the childhood that I had. But at that time, it was like, okay, you know, enough of being sheltered. Like, I want to experience everything. I want to see the world. And um, that came along with um, some very quick boyfriends. And, you know, I didn't date much or anything. But anyway, long story short, was in college partying. Um, ended up not doing really great in school. I'd always been good in, in school, so it was just, I just didn't have a reason or a, a want to. I was really there for socializing. Um, I went to Lander for a semester and come back to Columbia. Um, actually, at that time, I was a front-end manager of Winn-Dixie Grocery Store, which I had become front-end manager when I was 17 years old while in high school and playing sports. I was working like 40 hours. So I started this doing a lot, you know, in the time that you're given from a pretty young age. Um, and I, I've always really thrived to do doing my best. And, you know, the, a part of me envies people like you that you say you can lay on the couch and be in pajamas all day. And, you know, part of me envies that because I can't really enjoy that. And, you know, and sometimes, you know, if it's a rainy day and, you know, I can, I can get into it every once in a while, but sometimes I wish I could put the brakes on it. And, um, but then I think, you know, this is who I am. This is what I enjoy. But um, getting back to my story, I'm getting sidetracked. Um, moved back to Columbia, was working at the grocery store, picked up a, a second job at a tanning salon because I thought that sounded like a fun job. Um, and while I was there, I met a guy that, completely 
was smitten with immediately. And we ended up moving. So we met, moved in together. Then all of a sudden, three months later, I'm pregnant. How and old? 19. Okay. 19 years old. Um, so this was in 2005. Um, moved to Charleston with him. Moved away from my hometown of Pomeroy, so about two hours away. Um, and I actually I stayed in school because I can remember a very heavy weight on me of that this was the right thing to do. Like I'm already pregnant out of wedlock. I'm living with the guy that, you know, I'm not married to. So I already felt like I was a disappointment in the family. You know, I don't think it wasn't that my parents were that judgmental. I think it was more myself looking back that I felt like I was letting people down. Um, so I tried, you know, I stayed in school, but I really didn't have a clear picture of what I wanted to do. Um, so I kind of had bounced around with majors. Um, I, I did really miss being home, but um, try to get back to the story and the question at hand. But how I got fast, like this is like, talk about culture shock. You go from being homeschooled with pretty much just being around your family to being in college for just a minute. And now all of a sudden you've moved away. You're with in a serious relationship and pregnant with a baby on the way. I mean, that is like a dramatic change for anyone to comprehend. Yeah. And I, I was very much at the time felt like I was, um, I don't know. I guess when you're that age, like you feel mature, you feel grown, but looking back, it's like, you know, my, I've got, sisters that are that age and you know you just you just there's just so much you can't know <laughs> you yeah. know when you're that young um but getting back to your question at hand um the guy that I married was in the glass business and from day one of meeting him I was just intrigued by business and really had decided that that's what I want to do like I enjoyed everything about it. I liked, you know, negotiating. I liked, um, selling. I liked just the, um, I think the, the building of the business and the, um, I don't know, just the sense of accomplishment that, you know, that's yours and, you know, the work that you put into it, you get to reward from it. You know, if you have a, a regular paying job for me, I don't think that, you know, going to work for somebody else at, you know, on a salary or whatever, wouldn't, wouldn't fulfill what I need because, you know, if, if I fail right now, you know, I'm definitely gonna, gonna feel it. And I have plenty of times, like there's been a lot of ups and downs, but anyway, I enjoyed business, um, got into the business with him. We ended up getting married the following January. Um, and I really learned a lot because even though it was his business, he didn't, he had um, a bookkeeper accountant that was running the business, which when I, when, when I started asking questions and getting into trying to figure things out, it became pretty apparent that he didn't know 
a lot about the business. And the more we learned, the more questions came up. But it turned out that his accountant was actually stealing a lot of money from him. And not only was he running the business, but he was he was doing a lot of things that were not um, not in line with how we would have wanted things. So anyway, we I was 20 years old at the time when we took the business from this guy that was running it. And I think that my background, so I'm the oldest daughter of 13 children. I have two older brothers. The rest are younger than me. So I've always been very responsible. I've been motherly. Um, I was homeschooled and we lived on a farm. So two things, two major things that I take away from this and how it helped me was being homeschooled. I learned how to self teach because my mom has got, you know, babies, toddlers, um, and all different grade levels. And it was kind of like, here's your lesson for the day, go do it. And so I didn't have a teacher that would stand there and teach a class on the same thing. This really helped me because I really grasped that I can learn anything. I can figure it out. You know, I don't self-sufficient. Right. And then from being working on the farm and having that many siblings, we had a lot of chores. I had to wake up early in the morning, you know, at 5 a.m., milk cows before, you know, school, carrying feed. We had gardens. Um, there was a lot of work to be done always. House chores, kitchen chores, cooking, started cooking at a young age. And it really taught me that, you know, you, if you want something, you work for it. And that was just how I was raised and, and what I knew. So when we took this business, I know I'm kind of jumping all over, but no, I love that's it. how it's playing out in my head. Perfect. It's <laughs> when, great. when we took this business from this guy, and I remember we brought it into our living room, and I've got a, a young Lane who's 13 now, almost 14 in a few weeks. He was a couple months old. So I got a newborn baby. I was in school. We took the business over, and it was kind of like, here it is now what, you know? Yeah, yeah. And I just remember like not really even thinking about it other than it was almost like something clicked like, okay, this is, you got to do this, like figure out how to run a business. And we had turned our dining room at the time into an office. And I can remember sitting there all night, just watching um, tutorials and YouTube videos and, um, I don't really remember if it was you. I guess YouTube was out then. Um, I, I remember watching like all the QuickBooks tutorials and then researching like, when do you pay sales tax? When do you, all the different things. And then I would ask a lot of questions. I, I joined a business leads group and it was a lot of business owners in there. And to me, I just saw a wealth of knowledge and you know, I've never been afraid to ask questions if I don't know something or if I feel like, even if I feel like I know something, if I feel like someone knows it better, you know, I really, really, really um, enjoy, you know, learning from, from people that have the experience and that sort of thing. So um, took over his business, learned how to do all kinds of things, got in 
trouble because of not knowing things that I should have known or should have researched that I feel like if I had gone to business school and, you know, had the, the schooling background that I would have been, I don't know, maybe more equipped to make better decisions. But, you know, that kind of was my cost of learning. It was my school, you know, hands-on and make mistakes and figure it out and um, figure out how to get past it. But so that was kind of how I got into the business. Now, our marriage didn't last very long. We did have two sons. So my first son was born um, and then um, Ashton came 16 months later and trying to even think back to all of that. Um, it was also a, a tough time in my life because I think that I realized that I wasn't happy, didn't want to be in the situation that I was, but part of me felt trapped a little bit. Like, you know, I've already, I need to make this right. I've already messed up. I've already, you know, not done the Christian way. And, you know, it, it kind of became apparent and I'm not going to go into all the details, but some things happened that made it a lot easier for me to be okay with it. And, um, leaving. You know, with, with leaving, was that a hard, was that, how did you, how did you navigate those feelings of that? Because I know a lot of women get in that position where they fell in love got pregnant early and then all of a sudden it's just not what you thought. And then you have all this moral dilemma going on. Like how, like, I feel like you, you were able to move through that. I mean, I didn't know you back then, but right. you were able to move through that and you still have great, like you have figured out a way to have a good, healthy boundary relationship with your ex and the, and the boys do too. And it's just like, how did you come to peace with that, I guess, when you felt like maybe it morally didn't align with what you wanted to do? Well, I, at the time, I felt like, you know, so I was kind of looking for an out, not happy anyway. And when I felt like I had justification for that, that, you know, people that I looked to for their approval, I felt like they would understand, you know, I, I took advantage of that moment. And there was a lot of turmoil and, and things, you know, when, when you and I met, things were a lot different with me and my ex and, than they were when we separated. You know, I, people maybe have amicable divorces, but most of the time, emotions just run high. I mean, there's just a lot at stake. Looking back, there's a lot of things that I wish I hadn't have done, I wish I hadn't have said, but you know, it's such an emotional time and both of you are feeling and saying things out of, out of being hurt. And whether you, whether you want it or not, it's still hard. Yeah. You know, even though I didn't want to be in that relationship anymore, it was very difficult to, to go through that. And, you know, especially with having young children at the time, the boys were one and two and soon one and three. Um, and it was, you know, there was a lot of questions like, what is it going to do to them? How are they going to feel about me, you know, after all this? But I think that the relationship that 
you see that you're talking about now, you know, I wish it would have always been like that, but it wasn't. And there was a lot of hard feelings and hard times, but I think that, you know, time does heal a lot. And I do feel like I'm quick to forgive, not for other people's sake, but more for mine. I don't like holding grudges because when, you know, when I'm angry at somebody or, you know, when I have those feelings, it does, I feel like it doesn't leave me. And, you know, I've learned that I want to be at peace. So, you know, the sooner that I can forgive and move past and forget, you know, the quicker that, you know, I can get rid of those feelings. So, you know, I think with that, do I have any advice on, on how, how to go through all that? Um, I would probably say, try really hard not to act out of emotions and, you know, think about the things you're doing because I wish I would have done more of that. But, um, you know, time does heal a lot. And looking back, I'm very thankful for that relationship because, you know, where I'm at in my life right now, so much of it started from that. You know, I've got Lane and Ashton, my two sons that are, um, 12 and almost 14 and you know I wouldn't trade that for anything and you know the business that I'm in now I learned from being with him mm-hmm. um when when we divorced though going back to all those raw emotions at that time I had dropped out of school well, I say dropped out but I basically just um quit going to school because I was running a business and my thought was you know, why am I going to school for business when I'm already running a business? And it just, to me, was not a good um, use of my time or money when I could put that time and money into the business. And plus, I was in a class, I'll never forget this, that was like the deciding factor, but I was in a class and whatever they were teaching, I had just went through that the previous week. And what he was teaching, I knew wasn't correct. And I went up to the professor after class and I was like, you know, this, this isn't right. I just went to court over this last week. And he was like, yeah, these, these textbooks are a couple years back and, um, you're, you're right. I do, you know, this did change, but you know, your test is going to be based on this textbook. And I'm thinking, why am I paying money for something useful for information? it's out of date. Like this doesn't make any sense. And it wasn't that big of a deal for the thing that was, it was over a non-compete or something. And, um, it was just the thought that, you know, I started thinking that college is a business just like what I'm doing. They are luring me. I started going through this whole process in my head of, you know, why am I paying another business to try and teach me things that are out of date? And so anyway, I had dropped out of school and, you know, when I was going through this, when I decided to split up, there was a little bit of a panic, like, you know, what now, what am I going to do? Um, the business was clearly his, I mean, he had the business before we got married, even though I had basically ran it for, I guess it would have been about two years. Um, it would have been less than that, but, um, you know, 
I wasn't, I didn't have any stake in the company. So that was his, um, the, a month before we got married. So that was his, you know, pre-marriage. So he had the house, he had the business, you know, what am I going to do now? I've dropped out of school. And that time, you know, I immediately went and got a job waiting tables because I had to have money coming in of some sort. And I thought, well, I'll go wait tables and figure something out. You know, what do I want to do? Do I want to go back to school? What, you know, what, what is it that I want to do? And I started thinking that, um, you know, I really, really, really enjoyed business. And I enjoyed the, the business that he was in was strictly auto glass. So it was only windshields, um, car glass. And I had talked to him about branching out into other avenues. He also was strictly like direct marketing where we had salesmen that would, um, work at gas stations or, um, car wash and sell like on the spot, you know, and I had ideas of, you know, cultivating relationships and building up accounts and all this other stuff. And so I got to thinking like, I don't want to compete with him, but you know, I can do this industry that I've learned and I've really loved and have a completely different spin on it that doesn't compete with him at all. Um, so I started, I started um, my company, which would have been July of 2009, and it started out, you know, just with auto glass with intentions of building and growing. And that's one thing that I have always, like, I never want to keep myself in a box. And even like my ex-husband's glass company name was such and such auto glass. And I thought, well, my company is not going to be auto glass because I want to do all types of glass. And, you know, at one point it was thinking about like Palmetto glass. And then I'm like, well, I don't, Palmetto is, South Carolina is known as the Palmetto state. So, you know, it was kind of a, a good name, but then I'm like, well, I don't want to like trap myself into just here in South Carolina. Like I really want to think big. So, um, that the Sterling glass came about because I can remember writing down a whole list of names and Googling what is, you know, the best of the best, you know, better than, you know, top of the line, all that sort of stuff. So anyway, um, I feel like I'm jumping. I'm terrible at this. This is my first interview, no, but I, I feel like I'm jumping. Job. <laughs> Don't I'm worry. jumping all over the place. So many people that I interview, this is their first podcast, and they're always like, oh my gosh, I was so nervous. Did I ramble? Did I make any sense? Oh, you're making so much sense, and it's awesome to hear your story. It's great to just like piece it all together. This episode is brought to you by Navy Federal Credit Union. At Navy Federal, it's been the mission to help the military community for over 90 years. And not just help them, but do everything to make sure they not only grow, but flourish. That's why Navy Federal Credit Union has all kinds of great savings and investment options, like share certificates with sky-high rates. So don't hesitate. Start growing your finances today with a variety of savings and investment options. Navy Federal Credit Union. Our members are the mission.
Savings products insured by NCUA. Investment products are not insured. Not obligations of Navy Federal and may lose value. This Father's Day, shop at the Home Depot to find the perfect gift to help dad be everything he can be. Because your dad is more than just a dad. He's groundskeeper of the yard, the perfecter of the patio, and the cleaner of the clippings. He's the weed-fighting, hedge-trimming, leaf-blowing lord of the lawn. He sees the job, and he gets it done. Because your dad is a doer. So show him you appreciate everything he does with the tools he needs to power up his landscaping game. This Father's Day, give him the convenience and gas-like power of innovative and durable Milwaukee cordless outdoor tools from the Home Depot. Plus, get up to $150 off select Milwaukee tools. For everything Dad does, everything he is, and everything he can be, find the perfect Father's Day gift at the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Shop for Father's Day now in stores or online at homedepot.com. Father's Day is coming, a day we celebrate the guy who's always there for us to crack a dad joke. Well, you know what's not a dad joke? Getting $50 off the Bartesian Premium Cocktail Maker with the purchase of his favorite cocktail capsule pack. $50 off. No dad joke. See, this is a dad joke. I lost my glasses today, and guess who I bumped into? Everyone. But the Bartesian cocktail maker, it's no joke. Each cocktail capsule contains real fruit juices and all natural bitters, so dad can make over 60 premium cocktails he loves. Sidecars, old fashions, gimlets, all with the push of a button. So for the dad who loves a cocktail with friends and a good joke from time to time, get the Bartesian premium cocktail maker. $50 off now until Father's Day. Visit B-A-R-T-E-S-I-A-N.com backslash father to get 50 off the best premium cocktail maker for dad at the best price for you. Bartesian, premium cocktails on demand. So you were saying something about you listen to God, like you let him guide you. I love when people say that because I always like to know, how do you know when God is guiding you? (laughs) I like to know that too. It would be nice if um, it was a little clearer and easier. Uh, One of the things I was kind of fixing to say earlier is that sometimes I think that I'm a little eager on thinking that, oh, this is, you know, this is my opportunity. God sent this and kind of jumping from path to path. And I have tried to, um, you know, when things come up, I'm, I'm not as, I guess I don't make decisions real hastily. Like if, if an idea presents itself that I feel like is a good idea, I really try to pray over it and, you know, just kind of feel in my heart if it continues to pull at me. And then I feel like, you know, it's something that I need to do. Um, I've really in the past done so many things that you know, I've just, maybe I should be doing that. Um, you know, I've had, I had an insurance agency. I had a, um, personal training company. I, um, bought several tanning salons while Landon was out of town one time, (laughs) you know, got into the tanning business. So, you know, I've like jumped, you know, I really learned that just because something jumps in front of you and is shiny, you know, it's 
not necessarily something that God put there. Um, not that those were not put there by God, but I will say that, you know, I've had a lot of struggles with things that, you know, I felt would be blessings. <laughs> and I think that, you know, maybe God put them there as lessons. <laughs> um, so, you know, I, I don't think that, I think that the closer you are with God and the more you communicate and open and almost like a daily conversation, I feel like things become a little clear, clearer, but it's not ever like, you know, follow the yellow brick road and, you know, you know exactly where to go. And I do think that, you know, you steer off of that path often, but as long as you're in that communication God guides you back to where you need to be. And I don't feel like if, you know, if your heart's right and if you're in the place, you know, of, um, I guess being okay to, to follow his plan, whatever that might be, no matter how far off you get, he's always going to guide you back. So how does he guide you back? Cause like for me, I know, I've really, I've kind of done the same thing. I've had a lot of different career paths and like directions and like I now have identified for me personally. I also agree with you. Like being in constant prayer is really important to me. Like always just kind of like communicating with God, talking with God. But like I know now when I feel a ton of resistance and when I am like trying to walk through a door and it feels like makes me have a knot in my stomach or it makes me feel like it's going to be very hard. Not like hard is it's going to take a lot of work because I also love to work. And so it's like, I'm not scared of working hard, but like a hard feeling where like, this is just like heavy. Like it's almost like you have a big boulder on your back. Like it just feels mm -hmm. like icky. And that's to me, like when I get that feeling, I sort of know, okay, maybe this is not the road I need to go down because when things fall into line for me, and when everything's sort of, it's even if it's a ton of work to do, but if it's like all falling into line, if it's work that I love to do, if it makes me feel good, then I feel like that's sort of how I know when I'm in line with God. How, how do you know it? Like when, how does it play out for you? Um, I think that he uses different things. I feel like in, at different points in my life that, you know, I think that God knows how to get our attention if you're listening and the things that catch my attention now, the things that, you know, would stop me in my tracks now are different than they were, you know, years ago. I agree with you on the resistance thing. Um, I also feel like, you know, just as much as I believe God's real, I do feel like the devil's real and that, you know, sometimes things are thrown at you trying to get you off the right path, you know, and just like shiny objects are, you know, may not be for you, you know, maybe it's a distraction or something that you're not supposed to go after. I think that the most important thing is really having that relationship and knowing what you're feeling inside. So like you said, if you're just not feeling good about it, it's probably not right. And you know, sometimes it's, it gets to the point of just asking like, God, you know, I'm, I'm really not feeling good about this. Can you show me a sign? Can you, you know, if, if I'm getting this wrong, you know, give me some light, show me that, 
you know, I shouldn't be having this feeling or quite the opposite, you know, really feels like this is right. You know, I, I feel like this is where you're trying to lead me. You know, is this, is this what I should be feeling? And if not, you know, help me. And, you know, it seems like something happens that kind of opens your eyes up a little bit. And you're like, you know, I know that's, this is telling me something. And I think that just listening to your gut feeling, you know, that to me, it's my gut feeling, but that's God tugging at me, telling me, you know, which way to go. And I got to listen to that. Um, and I, I, I think, think, Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, I was going to say, I think that the older I get, the more in tune with that I get because of the things that I went through in the past and the, um, you know, I've learned that I can't be as much as I want to be everything for everyone. You know, I can't, you know, I have to have to pick and choose and, you know, try and stay on the path that I want to stay on so that I can continue to progress instead of just jumping after everything. (laughs) That flows perfectly into what I was going to ask you. How do you find balance with being a businesswoman, with being a mother since you've been in your early twenties with, uh, just having a family, your family that you grew up in a family of 13, like you have so much in your life, like so many demands in your life. How do you find the balance? I think that is something that, um, I wish that I had the answer to. How do I get through every day? I constantly think about the balance and I'm very, very much um, success driven. And, you know, I want to build and, and continue to grow the company. And the more time that I put into it, you know, the better that I can make it. But, you know, there's you and I have talked about this before that, um, you know, when you become a mom, to me, that is my priority right now. Like, yes, I, I absolutely love my career. I love my business, love what I do. Um, but I am a mother and I know having, you know, a 14 year old, this time goes by so quickly. And right now I have to got a one year old and a five year old and, you know, I don't want to spend all my time building this wonderful business. And then, you know, I'm at their college graduation. Yeah, I've got a great business, but what's important to me right now is being a mom. So I do struggle with the balance because, you know, I'm not, I, I don't want to just completely let go of my business. You know, I didn't get into you know, past my divorce, but, you know, since then getting remarried to your brother-in-law and, um, you know, he is now working with me. (laughs) Don't say for me, but with me because we (laughs) do support each other, but, um, you know, I'm, I'm going to keep it going and I I really want to see it do well. But at the same time, I have to remind myself that what's important I guess maybe not remind myself, but just sit back and think sometimes like, okay, where's my life at? Where do I want it to be? And I do a lot of self-analyzing, probably too much, but 
you know, I look at things a lot and say, you know, I want to spend more time um, visiting, you know, my family, you know, I want the kids to see the grandparents more or, you know, I think about stuff that is important. I try to prioritize and then it comes down to time management, which um, I feel like is probably the most night and day of me and my husband. And, (laughs) you know, he kind of has no concept of time and he picks at me and, and says that, you know, I've constantly got this clock ticking, but, you know, in order to do all things, you know, you have to have a schedule and you have to have, you know, set time. And some of that set time is, okay, this is my mom time. And, um, you know, what's a blessing though, this quarantine has really truly been a blessing for me and my family. And I say that with a heavy heart because I know that so many are suffering and it's such a, a, terrible time for so many but for me and for our family you know we haven't directly been affected by the virus and we're pretty blessed to be kind of out here in the middle of the country away from everything but it it has helped to reset us a little bit and you know we've really been so busy for years now with so many events and things for work and school and this time that I've had with my children, you know, during this quarantine, like I'm so grateful for it because, you know, I do get on that time thing like, okay, you know, move to the next thing, move to the next thing. But this has been pretty awesome. And, you know, getting to see you guys and spend time with y'all and nobody really has anywhere to be. It's just, I don't know. There's, there's beauty in it. I totally, totally agree with that. So you were talking about success and that you're success driven. What, when you look at the whole picture of your life, what is a successful life to you? When you're reflecting back, when you're old and gray and you're sitting on your rocker, looking back at your life, what are you going to say? This was, this is what, what do you hope your successful life looked like? Um, and that's one of those questions that I often ask myself, like, do you know, I do have expensive taste and I do like want the finer things. And, um, you know, I, I, I wasn't poor growing up, but I was certainly not spoiled by any means. You know, we had hand-me-downs and, um, you know, I shared a room with all, all my sisters and funny story until I took over the living room for a short time, but, um, sisters do you have total? So I have five sisters and seven brothers. So all five of y'all would share one room. I mean, that's yeah, totally. I can see why you want your own space a little bit. Yeah. There's a big age gap. So my youngest three sisters, it was really me and Christine and Maggie's was really three of us that kind of shared a room, um, with me being the oldest, you know, I was kind of gone before the last couple were coming along. I mean, I, my youngest brother is um, 16 now, so there's a pretty big, and my oldest brother's 36, so there's 20 years, you know, between the oldest and the youngest, but, you know, we we didn't have a lot. We had everything we needed. We, you know, we ate off the farm. We never missed a meal. You know, there wasn't anything that 
I needed that I didn't have, but it did, I feel like, kind of make me want to work to have some of the things that, you know, maybe I didn't have as a child, even though I'm thankful for that childhood because I feel like it, you know, you know, made me who I am. Um, but whenever I think about, you know, being at the end of my life and, and wanting to look back and see a success, that to me is more about family and the people in the relationships. You know, I do want to have nice things. I do want to have, you know, a big house on the lake with a pool and, you know, be living the life. But at the same time, um, you know, where I really want to focus my time is the relationships and the people that are important to me. And family's always been huge for me. Like I said, I mean, that's, I grew up with family, you know, that was, we, that was my friends. That was, that was it, you know, had brothers and sisters and we did everything together and um, we're still all pretty dang close and we'd still do a lot together. Um, and our, now it's so fun because, so there's 13 children, you know, my parents had 13, there is 20 grandchildren already. And still like that part's not even halfway done, but you know, it's just, I look at my parents and I think, you know, they, they gave all they had to us. And like, to me, I look at them as the richest people in the world. They don't have a nice house. They don't have, uh, you know, nice vehicles or all the fancy, you know, high end, whatever, but they are never not surrounded by people that love them, you know, and they, they've really built their wealth, you know, Amen and to that. So when I do, I can't say that, you know, that I, I don't think about wanting, you know, nice things cause I do, but, but, you know, when it comes down to it, definitely, my, Ashton actually asked me the other day, one of those questions, would you rather this or that? And one of them was, would you rather live in a mansion with nobody or live in a tiny house with 10 people? And I just laughed and I was like, you know, of course I would live in a tiny house with 10 people. I did love it. <laughs> yeah. That was my life. <laughs> so I love that. Betsy, you have such a good perspective. I learned so much from you all the time and I feel very thankful to have married in to being sisters with you. I'm going to wrap up. I have a couple more questions and then we can come out of hiding out of our <laughs> I'm enjoying this. <laughs> I know it's nice. Um, what have you learned from being married to Landon about like being a partnership, being a wife? Like what have you learned from that? Um, so I really don't want to answer that without saying that we, him and I both were married previously in relationships that didn't work out. And you know, it's like, I wish I'd have met you first. I wish we'd have got married first. But the reality is that both of us went through what we went through for a reason. 
and we both appreciate, you know, what each other's gone through and we appreciate what we have now. And there's like a, I don't know, kind of a mutual respect for each other in, in that way. You know, we are two very different people. And I think that really for me, just continuing to try to learn and understand who he is. I mean, we've been married for um, 2012, eight years now. Um, and, you know, I guess you never really truly can completely understand who someone is because they're constantly changing. And, you know, I know that couples always have fights. Well, you're not who I married. You're not who you used to be. And you can't be, you know, every event that you go through every day of life that you live is continuing to mold and shape you into the person that you are the next day or the next day or the day after that. And I think that if you, just can try for me I just try and understand his personality is very different from mine and he does the same with me and we definitely have our arguments and our fights because we do work together and you know we have a lot of stress with having a business and with um five kids having, having five children um you know there's a there's a lot that comes into play with that and we and I know a lot of um, women, men too, would appreciate hearing that we have a blended family, but you know, we have five kids. So Landon had a daughter and I had the two boys, but since we married, we've both adopted each other's children. So we have a full time, you know, household of five children that are all mine and all his, um, not that they wouldn't be otherwise, but it is still difficult to try and, and mesh families and you still have different dynamics that come into play. And, you know, I was a, a step parent for a long time, as was he. And it's hard to have stepchildren. It's hard to go through all of that. Um, I think when you really just decide that you're going to love someone and you're all in, you know, you just dive in, you don't give yourself the option of not being with them, you figure out how to work stuff out. And I do believe that, you know, most everybody can work things out and, you know, that's, you know, maybe I could have worked things out with my ex-husband. I've, I've talked about this before and someone's like, well, you know, if everybody can work things out, you know, why are you still not with him? You know, I probably could have, but I, I do think that there is a time and a place, you know, for people not to be together, but, I think everything in life leads you somewhere for a reason. And for the most part, the arguments that we have, you know, at the time they mean a lot and, you know, they're personal to both of us usually, but at the end of the day, they're not important things. And I know he loves me and, you know, I, every time we fight, I know we're going to get through it. It's just how we're going to navigate it. But I don't know. That's a I totally agree with you. Like you just have to decide and go all in. Yeah. And that's one thing I have learned about marriage. Cause now Michael and I've been together. I think we've been together since 2008. Is that when you and Landon were together? Or y'all are a little bit, but the Michael and I broke up in between, 
I have learned from being married to him and having a child with him now, it's like people have this fantasy of marriage that it's like a storybook and it's like a movie and it's, um, you know, like every time you make love, you're like throwing each other up against the wall and it's like fireworks are going off. And it's just like, <laughs> you know, like I'm not saying those moments don't happen, but it's like on the day to day life, it is like you are navigating life and combining life and personalities and like everything that is Michael is now me and everything that's me is now him. And it's like, then you have a kid together and it's like, it's just, you just have to decide to love this person and accept them and realize all of their great traits. And then I feel like to me, I now like I, I can be uptight and anal and like I can critique and I have all these like things that I think need to happen in life. And I'm just like starting to realize really. And I think quarantine is doing a good job of that. Like rounding off some edges for me too. It's just like, I have a great, good guy who loves me, who shows up, who works hard, who loves our daughter. We may not do everything exactly the same, see it the same way, but like the core fundamental things are there. Mm -hmm. And what more can you ask for? Truly everything else is just the, the, the stuff that happens in life. And mm -hmm. when you combine lives with someone, you're going to get a whole bunch of shit with it too, you know, but it's not bad. It's just learning how to nap. It's just, it's just taking on someone's life. Yeah. And it's the, it's the, the thought and the idea of, you know, when you watch a love story or a movie, that's their, what I was talking about the other day with the, their Facebook reel, like their highlight reel, like you're looking at, you know, the, the most wonderful parts, just like, you know, the things that people typically share on social media, you know, that's not, yes, that's their real life, but you know, that's the picture perfect life. There is always all the stuff in between. That's the real life. That's the real beauty that, you know, grungy, dirty, you know, getting into it, fighting it out and getting to the other side and realizing that you can have disagreements and you're going to argue, but you can get past that. You know, you can, you don't have to, you know, you're not going to always see things the same way. Um, and I, I think that communication is one of the biggest, um, I don't know, one of the biggest problems that if we are ever arguing or fighting or upset about something, it's a lack of communication. And, you know, once you can understand where that person's coming from and they understand where you're coming from, usually, you know, it kind of makes sense and you can, you can navigate from there. But, um, yeah, it's, it's tough, especially having kids and all, all the emotions and you know life life is it's quite challenging what do you fun. do what do you do to center yourself whenever you feel overwhelmed and like you have so much going on how do you get back to like peace and calm and centeredness um you know i do have a lot of uh, stress issues and or a lot of responsibilities because I do, I run a, a nationwide glass business with, you know, logistics nightmares. And, um, right now we're, we're running all this stuff from our homes cause we're quarantined at home and 
there's a, there's a lot of things that come up that um, stress me out with work that puts me kind of on edge with family life and vice versa. You know, you try not to mix family and work, but it's who, I mean, it's who you are, where, how much you're putting out. But um, whenever I start to feel overwhelmed and stressed, I really try and get to a quiet place. And I showed you, you know, my um, little quiet yoga room. I've got a little screened in porch that is just really just my, my quiet place that I can go out and sit and sometimes do yoga and sometimes just sit there and um, I write. I like to write things down, but you know, I always go back to thinking whatever I'm stressed about, being stressed is not going to do anything to help the situation. So there's no use in that. What's the worst that can happen? You know, at the end of the day, if I were to lose, you know, if I were to get in a lawsuit over business and, you know, one of my employees wrecks a vehicle and, you know, there's so many things that could happen that, you know, if, 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 if all this happens, I still have family that loves me. There's no amount of, there's nothing I could do that would keep me from having a place to live with my kids and being able to feed them because of the family support system that I have. And I feel like God would not fail me. And that if in the event, you know, something happens tragically and I lose, you know, something happens in the business. I have enough faith at this point to know that that's because something else is coming down the road. And whenever I start to get overwhelmed and, and I don't know, stressed, I always, you know, get quiet and just go through that whole thought process that, you know, really leads me back to realizing that the stress I feel is from the blessings that I have. You know, I'm, I'm feeling stressed over all these blessings and it is a lot, but what's the worst that can happen? Where am I going to end up? And, you know, even if I did end up there, I know that's God putting me on the right path. So, you know, maybe at some point I get, I'm so far off that he's got to just completely, completely knock me down. So I got to stand up and be walking the other direction. I don't know. Um, but I have, I have grown in faith in that, um, since because everything I feel like in the past, everything that's happened that at the time I felt like was a tragedy at the time I felt like, you know, I wouldn't be able to overcome or move past. It's always led me to something better that I had no idea about. And, you know, I can't know the future. I don't know what's in store, but I trust that, you know, he does. And if, you know, if, if he's keeping me from something that I feel like is great, you know, there's something even better. And I just got to trust that and keep going. I love that. Man, Betsy, I love that. <laughs> okay, I'm going to wrap up. My last question I always ask is leave your light. And it's just a very broad question, whatever comes to mind. 
what do you want people to know? I think I would like for people to know, no matter what setbacks they have in life and no matter where they're at that, and it, it seems kind of cliche to say that, you know, you can be who you want to be, but you really can. I was divorced with two children. I was waiting tables and kind of, you know, could have been at the bottom point in my life, but I can remember deciding that I wasn't at the bottom, that I was, I was at the starting line and that, you know, this was, this was my chance, but you know, you, you can take everything that is, um, that, that is bad and wrong in your life and use it to do something wonderful, no matter how, I mean, no matter how bad or how wrong things are, I feel like you can use that to fuel something great in your life. And if you feel like you can't, I believe that if you become close with God and if you pray with him, he gives you the strength and he gives you the ability to see that, that through him, you can do all things. So I don't know, I guess that just take away that don't, don't use, don't use your excuses as, you know, crutches, use them as a launch. Heck yeah. I love that. And really fast, the shirt that you have on is all you need is Jesus and Target. Yeah. <laughs> you like that? <laughs> I love it. Betsy, I love, I love you. And I'm so thankful to have you on. You're such an inspiring person. And to me, I am so blessed that you're my sister. So I'm glad that we got to have this conversation documented. Awesome. Love you. Thank you so much. Hey, don't hang up, but I'm going to end recording. Stay there for just a second. Okay, okay bye. Thinking of popping the question? Diamonds Direct has an offer you can't miss. This month only, buy a natural diamond engagement ring of one carat plus and receive a free natural one carat diamond tennis bracelet valued at $2,000. Imagine giving her the ring of her dreams and her wedding gift all at once. No one provides education, selection, and value like Diamonds Direct. Your chance to get a free tennis bracelet from your friends at Diamonds Direct won't last long. Details at DiamondsDirect.com. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like. Whoa. And. Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer. During the Right Rug Flooring Hello Summer Sale, you'll find savings throughout the store, all backed by the right price guarantee, including carpet with a lifetime stain warranty, only $159 installed with pad. That's right, $159 includes expert installation as soon as tomorrow. Visit rightrug.com, R-I-T-E-R-U-G.com to find a showroom near you or schedule a free in-home shopping appointment. Say hello to summer and save. Right Rug Flooring, right here, right now.